This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Chelsea, you know what? Let's shift the focus away from this guy because we will get into Texas, Alabama. We will get into Colorado and Nebraska after Colorado's huge win. How are you feeling about NC State? You got a win over UConn. Let's go. Let's go, Pack. Oh, a big win over UConn. I huge. have already taken Notre Dame minus seven against my Wolfpack. I do you not have? have a ton of faith. Oh, yes, because this is still at seven. I think it's going to go to seven and a half. Maybe it is. Oh, yeah, it's already seven and a half at BetMGM right now. I've already placed this wager. I have no faith in mm. NC State. Like, if we let UConn's quarterback run all around us, yeah. you know, uh, on that defense, how do you think we are going to fare against Sam Hartman? You know, throwing up a bunch of touchdowns <laughs> against good. our secondary. But maybe this is the sabotage factor for Notre Dame here. Sam Hartman had a really bad game against NC State last season. Granted, it's when he was a part of Wake Forest. He threw through three picks in that game. He still mm -hmm. put up like a bunch of yards. But still, do you think that lives in the mind of young quarterbacks when they have a bad game against a certain team? Yeah, absolutely. I think it sits with them, and it can work one of two ways, right? You're hyper-motivated. You want to get back out there. You want to erase that bad memory from your mind, or sometimes it can haunt you where you have a bad game and you just never really recovered from it or you have flashbacks. I don't know. I think it depends in particular. This is very specific, I think, to the player. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but if you're just looking at the quarterback matchup, like Brennan Armstrong didn't show me that much mm -hmm. uh, against UConn. So that's what I keep coming back to is if we don't look dominant against UConn, how do we think it's going to go against Notre Dame? So like I'm fine with taking the yeah. road favorite here in Notre Dame. I feel like Notre Dame looked like a step above compared to what we saw from NC State. Granted, it's the first game in the season. Sure. And I think all teams kind of get a little wiggle room in that aspect that maybe it takes them a second to kind of shake off the rust. And Brandon Armstrong, like this is his first game for NC State. He came over from Virginia, but the guy's been in college football for what seems like 17 years. Played for UVA, I think, for four years. Now he's with NC State as a fifth year. Um, but still, I don't have a ton of faith in NC State. I think it's going to be a long day for this NC State secondary facing up against Sam Hartman and a very talented Notre Dame bunch. Well, I hope you are wrong. I understand that handicap, and I'd be with you. But for your sake, you're my teammate. I'm not going to bet on the game. Let's go, Wolfpack. We do need to talk about Deion Sanders and what he has done thus far at Colorado. Only one game, but certainly much was made of his hiring during the offseason, him coming in and clearing out that roster top to bottom, bringing in his guys. And it certainly paid off on Saturday. Buffs were 20-and-a-half-point dogs to TCU in Fort Worth. They win outright. They look great doing it. His son, Shadur Sanders, more than 500 yards passing. They put on a clinic as far as the speed that they have on the field. So, of course, no one is more outspoken than Dion. And this is what he had to say right after that win. What we accomplished out there today, ain't none of y'all believe that. Maybe a couple of y'all that knew me and know how I get down. They know I, I'm a winner. We're going to end up winning. Ain't none of y'all thought you was going to be sitting up here. You was, you was supposed to be on the other side. 
you know, interviewing that or coming and asking me, oh, what happened? You said this and you said that, yeah? Now what? Now what? Everybody quiet now. Now what? I agree with Dion to a point. It's also one game. So I I appreciate the enthusiasm. There's no question this is a massive win. I would not have picked Colorado to win this game. They were awful last year. So full credit where credit is due. But also we've seen Heisman odds shorten for a couple of his players. We've seen the win total for Colorado jump from three and a half to five and a half. TCU is vastly overrated this year. They should have been favored. They should have won that game. But also, one game does not a season make. I'm not going to freak out and say Clemson's done for the year. I'm not going to freak out and say that Baylor won't win a game in the Big 12. I'm not going to freak out and say Colorado's going to win the Pac-12. I'm just going to pump the brakes a little bit because, man, no one leads a hype train like Dion does, and he's doing a hell of a job. But I need to see a little bit more before all of a sudden I'm going all in on Colorado. Well, here's the thing. Colorado's upset of TCU was probably the biggest storyline of week one of Mm -hmm. college football. Now, Deion Sanders is used to the spotlight. Do you think this circus that is now going to be following Colorado football has any effect on the kids of this program and i call them kids because some of them are not even 20 years old do you think this can negatively affect a team when you get so pumped up and the media is all over you now Mm -hmm. that maybe their heads get too big i don't think this is a factor for Deion sanders like i said he is somebody who is not new to the spotlight but what about some of these kids where this is really their first taste of kind of being on top of the college football world I think normally it might be a distraction. The difference is the star of this team is Deion Sanders. It's not his players because you will not mention, you can talk about a lot of football teams in the college game. You won't mention the head coach. Even if the head coach is a big name, you'll talk about the players. When you talk about Colorado, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Deion Sanders. Even though he does have great players on that team. So I think he absorbs that spotlight. He wants that spotlight. He leads the circus. He doesn't mind the circus. He wants the attention. He's always been that way, been that way as a player, been that way as a coach. He's known as Coach Prime. He's Coach Deion Sanders. He's known as Coach and my nickname. Not another coach who goes that way or who's known by a nickname in college football. Nobody says Coach Sabes. No, it's Coach Saban. So he, I think the players probably feed off that. And yeah, they're going to get the attention. But at the end of the day, they're not going to get the attention so much as he's going to get the attention. So maybe it's not as big of a distraction as you might anticipate. Oh, for sure. Even though I do think the influx of media members is going to be something different. Like they already had the spotlight on them just because Deion Sanders was named the head coach. But Mm -hmm. here's where I go back and forth. When you have a college football program that was terrible one year, but they get a new dynamic quarterback who Mm -hmm. is really tough to stop. That can be like the ultimate trump card in college football. A good quarterback 
can make so many other mistakes and so many yeah. other holes like go away. And also, Shadur Sanders has a pedigree of success. He He's does. Deion Sanders' son. So obviously, there is probably some athleticism there. So I know the hype is probably off the rails for Colorado right now, but there are some reasons and some logic behind wanting to get behind this team. And also, Travis Hunter putting on the Otani show by wow. playing on both sides of the ball. Do you think having a good quarterback or somebody who at least was good in one game uh, is enough to justify having some faith in Colorado this season? Yes. The only thing I will say about Travis Hunter is, look, that was one of the best all-around performances I've ever seen in college football because mm -hmm. he was scoring, he was defending passes, and not just defending passes, making breathtaking plays. But playing that much in today's day and age, I don't know if it's sustainable. Maybe he can do it. For one game, great. Over the course of the season, I don't know how sustainable that is. So, look, the one thing I will say is that when you have a head coach who's that confident, then it trickles down, right? You make the rest of your team confident. When they see it from you, they see you leading a certain way, they feed into that. So I think it will help them. But again, Colorado hosting Nebraska this weekend. Colorado laying three and a half points or minus 160 on the money line. The Huskers plus 135. Total set at 57 and a hook. And didn't this open with Colorado as maybe a small dog? Oh, yes. Even this weekend, like right after the Colorado TCU game finished up, looked at the odds and Colorado was even money to win this mm -hmm. game. They were plus 100. Now they're minus 155 on the money line. When you see this big of an odd swing uh, yeah. or an odd shift, I feel like you've missed the boat. And this number is probably only going to go higher to the point where Colorado is probably going to be three and a half point favorites at home uh, to Nebraska, which it's still a short number at three. I guess if you like Colorado and you're on the hype train there, like you could probably still justify playing it. But in the betting world, when you have missed this big of an odd shift, it feels like something that is no longer bettable for me. It yes. feels like the value is all gone. I feel the same way, and at some point, a number moves just too much for it to become valuable in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, I am definitely on the side of not playing this at all. Big game of the night, though, is going to be number 11, Texas, at number four, Alabama, rematch of last year's game when Bama was favored by 21. That was a one-point game. The tide are laying seven and a half points. Bama minus 310, Texas plus 250, total set at 56 and a hook. Chelsea, I cannot be objective when it comes to Texas. Two weeks ago, I would have said Texas covers, but Texas did not look great against Rice. Yeah, they dominated, had a great third quarter. Quinn Ewers looked scared in the pocket, locking on to one guy, can't hit the deep ball. Now, the Texas defense is no joke. Texas D is going to be very, very good. But I worry about Quinn Ewers. He hasn't been the same confidence-wise since he took that hit from Will Anderson last year, which knocked him out for four or five games. And then he returned. He wasn't quite the same player. He seems a little skittish in the pocket. The O-line was not great against Rice. Now, Alabama whipped up on Middle Tennessee State, but whatever. It's Middle Tennessee State. I think this will be a close game. I hope it is. But, again, it's hard for me to give a completely objective opinion. What do you think? 
Well, you're also getting seven and a half points with Texas. And I yes. think that's where you start is not that, oh my God, like Alabama is the much better team. It's that you are getting seven and a half with a Texas team that has proven that they match up pretty darn well with Alabama. And Quinn Ewers didn't even play the whole game last year, did he? he did uh, I feel like he got hurt. Now, also, you don't have B. John Robinson, but he wasn't a huge factor in that game. Only averaged 2.7 yards per carry against that Alabama defensive line that is very good. But also, Alabama is probably going to be missing a couple of their starting defensive backs. Maybe that helps Quinn Ewers a little bit and helps him get a little bit more comfortable. But still, Alabama feels like one of those teams that even if guys are out, they just reload and replace yeah. them with more five-star recruits. So I don't know if I'd hang my head on that a bit of information. Uh, but what scares me about Alabama this year is that their quarterback looks like a running back. When he wears number four, I always think that it's TJ Yeldon out there running uh, <laughs> down the, the gut of opposing defenses because Jalen Milrow is a big guy, and I think he he's going to cause some havoc when it comes to this Texas defense so i think i would lean towards the points and texas getting the seven and a half but uh it's always alabama and also this time it's at home wasn't last yeah. year's uh game in texas it was it was in austin last year so this is a night game in tuscaloosa and uh, makes me worry i'm already getting worried yeah. it's tuesday great awesome <laughs> awesome it's tuesday i can't even relax oh god i hope you're right uh, we'll see how this line moves if it does at all at one point, it was tied minus seven. Some money is coming on Bama back up to Alabama minus seven and a half. A lot of home dogs this week in college mm -hmm. football. You mentioned Notre Dame, NC State. I know you're a Notre Dame there. Before we go to break, any other of these games you think, hey, I'll take a shot at the home dog or on the other side? Uh, what about this Utah Baylor line? Mm -hmm. Utah's only laying seven against Baylor, who just lost to Texas State. What am I missing here? I don't know. This Ooh, is a letdown. That smells. It's, it smells in a big way. Open Utah minus four. You talk about a line that has moved. Now Utah minus seven. Letdown spot for the Utes because they hosted Florida. Baylor is without their starting quarterback. Blake Shapin has a strained MCL, which will keep him out two to three weeks. Baylor just lost to Texas State. I might still lay it with Utah, honestly. Yeah, what are we doing here? Utah is the much better all-around team. Doesn't seem to matter who their starting quarterback is. I know we're still kind of waiting on what's going mm -hmm. on with Cam Rising. He may be missing this, this game, too. But we just saw Utah dismantle Florida. Granted, that game was at home. We know, we know Utah's very good at home. This game's on the road, but still, I'll take the seven. We'll lay it with Utah. But still is right. I don't see it. Maybe we get lucky there, but I feel like it's going to be like 99% of the money on Utah. Don't care. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.